The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG brand management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course, the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey, bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted. Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes in a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go, bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV Fitness Foodie experience, visit Zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zorosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results, real results. 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at StevieRichardsFitness.com Russo'sBrand.com Where the pros are pros, bro. Get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it. Visit Russo'sBrand.com Subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on Podbeam.com and visit Patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group. We now take you to your featured HMG presentation. I have dry balls. Balls so dry, they explode like dust. Suck my balls, suck my balls. You must suck my golf balls. Mommy? Yes? Suck my balls. You got a lot of growing up to do, buddy. Suck my balls. Sorry I'm different, but you can just suck my clit and my balls. You know what? You know what? That one. <laughs> suck my clit and balls. I don't have to suck your balls. Before this day is over, you will suck my balls. Suck my balls, fat ass. I will. I will suck your balls, cow. And I will get down on my knee and I will suck your balls. I'll suck them dry, cow. Suck my balls, cow. Well, excuse my French, Mrs. Marsh, but you can suck my fat, hairy balls. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt hole. Suck my big balls in your hairy butt hole. Suck my hairy butt hole. What is that? It's my balls! God damn it, Carmen! How would you like to suck my balls? What did you say? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Actually, what I said was... Holy shit, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. That's right. We're back on video for another edition. Balls. Suck my balls. A South Park review. Where each and every week, I am joined by two blokes. <laughs> to use some British terminology. As we break down South Park episodes in linear fashion. This week, we've got a guest. 
which is why we decided to go ahead and give you the video version. Because, I mean, this guy is a superstar in his own right from across the pond. He stirs up the controversy or he stirs up the love, as everyone's got something to say when this guy tweets it out from all above. So kicking it off first with our guest, all the way from across the pond. It's nighttime there for him, boys, as our morning is just getting started. And he is a British person, Mr. Joe Atherton. <clears throat> Hello, I am a British person. He is a British person. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, sir. We appreciate you having you here. Absolutely no problem. Absolute honor and privilege, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, I, of course, Joe said something in the Discord to me a couple months ago. He was like, how could you not give me a shout out when you were doing the Timmy episode? And I just want to apologize you know, to your face. I just didn't want to be cliche and be like, oh, in that regard, be like, oh, Joe's in a wheelchair. It's <laughs> Joe, will it? Well, but, you know, I am living a lie. <laughs> but I like, I figured I'd be the cliche for the British thing because, you know, that's the American thing to do over here. Yeah, there's, we make fun of other cultures or we disagree with other cultures and then we talk about them in a satire type of way. Uh, you know, I'm sure you could give us more insight in a broader uh, comedy spectrum if that's what's done over in the UK. But, Tell us, as we like to ask every guest, what got you into South Park? Um, it's almost weird to think that South Park's like 20-odd years old now. Um, I just remember watching it as a kid and thinking, this is not like any other animation I've ever seen before, because at the time it wasn't. I suppose at the time the only thing you could compare it to was probably Beavis and Butthead on MTV. Um, back when MTV used to play music. Uh, but it was just, it just stood out from the crowd. And with me being like in my late teens when it was on the, the cross, toilet humor really appealed to my sensibilities. And yeah, I think since its humble beginnings, it's really evolved into some really great biting satire on today's society sorry if that went a little bit too beat deep no no it was great yeah that was a great start that was a great start here and now uh are we gonna top that (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) well we're gonna top that that was good it's a great segue as well because i was gonna say i wanted to kind of kick off with a question first before of course introducing my uh, co-host first off this guy is obviously as you can see here on video choking up a big fat rip as he likes to get ripped each and every morning when he hits those dumbbells. He's jacked, he's stacked, and he's ready to give you a South Park attack. Ladies and gentlemen. Jackson! What is going on today? My fellow brother, I know I was going to I was going to delay for a little. I was going to say, Scoop, you're a a great commodity here on the podcast. We're always happy to have you here. We love you. And he's sporting some nice, fresh threads from our sponsors. The Big Boys Club. Anyway, we'll we'll plug it here throughout the podcast. But Scoop, welcome back to your show. How are you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. How about you guys? I'm excited to talk to you. Not so much excited to break down this episode, as I realized as I was watching it the first time, I'm going to have to watch it again 
to put the clips in. So that's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, I know. But also coming from just down the road from me, I think you're only like nine miles away. Yeah. He lives in the gangster side of Colorado, the gangster side. Westminster, throw him up if you see him. <laughs> dirty, 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 Joe, 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 Joe. <laughs> Vernola! What's up? And, and, there's, and there's like a bunch of people, well, may anyone listening to this from the Colorado area right now, and I know there are quite a bit, are like, Westminster's not gangster at all. I know, that's why it's funny. I know, oh, yeah. like... Westminster! Right? And it's, like, east of town, so, like, I don't even know how it's Westminster when it's east. I don't know. It's because, like, when they made the map, they were looking at it the other way, so they were like, Westminster, and then they were like, oh, shit, it's on the east side, though. I don't know. They, they still have that altitude sickness. Make me down, down, down. All right, guys, this is Suck My Balls, episode number 65, season four, episode number 14, titled Pip. And it's a play, of course, on the great expectations. Oh, my God, God, God. This is a hard one, guys. This is a hard one to review because I don't like this episode. It's um, it's poor. It's 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 not funny. At times, uh, I don't have enough emotional investment into the character. And I get that's what they're trying to do. But when you do it in a way that's targeted toward American audiences by showing me a very classic novel, it was like, what, from the 1800s? Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm – not, I'm not on board. And Pip is not a strong enough character to do so. It's not going to be like in next season when we get Butters, when he gets his very own episode. That's a pretty strong fucking episode as an individual arc. So I get what they were trying to do here by spinning off South Park classics, giving characters some old development. And maybe there can be a case to be made that, you know, there's some talks behind the scene where they were trying to, you know, get additional content out of Matt Stone and Trey Parker. So maybe they made this on purpose to be like a fuck you to Comedy Central. We're not going to do this. Who knows? But we'll talk about everything here in the South Park. Pip is the 14th episode of season four and the 62nd episode of the series overall. We are on November the 29th of 2000, which probably would have been November 30th for you, the British person there, Joe, uh, when Pip is offered the opportunity to become a gentle man that goes to London, only to discover that Miss Havisham has a plan. Havisham, I'm sorry, has a plan to break his heart. Joe, did you ever read this classic title as a adolescent or a high school or what is it? The university or however you guys do school over there. Yeah. We, we go from like <clears throat> primary school, which is like aged four to 11, then age 11 to age 16, you go to secondary school or high school, which is basically what, what you guys call it. Um, we did like read classic literature for English in high school, but it was more like the real classics, like Shakespeare, like we did Macbeth and shit like that. Charles Dickens is more, <clears throat> I wouldn't say frowned upon, because obviously he's like mm. one of the most world famous literature dudes going, authors, that's the word I was searching for. Uh, but yeah, um, we didn't do it, but I know some schools that did. 
And and getting back to this particular episode, you say that Pip isn't that strong a character. Did this come out after the uh, South Park bigger, longer, uncut movie? How better would this film have been if instead of Pip, it was Gregory from Yardale? Yeah, the it should have been Gregory from Yardale. You're right. Why wasn't it fucking Gregory from Yardale? That would have made more sense to me. They totally killed off Gregory. Fuck Gregory in the ass or right in the ear, as Wendy says at the end of the movie. But still, why didn't? Why did they ditch Gregory? That's a good point. That's a good point, Joe. Do you? I mean, as far as from your side of culture, you know, you know, being in England, the British culture, if you will, is. A guy like Charles Dickens, I mean, is there a lot of pride in these types of different English literature that's uh, become such a worldwide phenomenon? Um, I suppose. I mean, as far as exports from the UK go, I wouldn't put Charles Dickens <laughs> right at the top. Or okay. like, I'd say William Shakespeare is far more important of course. from an author or playwright perspective, but like as far as exports, I mean, I'd have Dickens above fucking James Corden. <laughs> you don't want to yeah, jump in he, karaoke. You don't want to jump in a car and sing karaoke with him. He yeah. can fucking keep that fat cunt. Tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> He's your problem now, guys. <laughs> Hey, you gave us John Oliver too, so like it's tit for tat. You know, we got to take the good and the bad. You know what I mean? So it's kind of how things roll. Well, yeah, I mean, the great, let's let's have it right. I mean, we've invented a lot of great things. Uh, the television was invented by a Scotsman. Uh, we invented slavery, obviously, oh, uh, trying to colonize the entire world. Um, which, when you are a place that's about a quarter of the size of Florida, probably not the best idea. But hey ho, we tried. Um, we gave you the Beatles, you know, so uh, varied success rates on, on exports. I'd say 50-50. Dickens, if you were going to do one of them internet tier gimmicks, you know, them tier lists, mm -hmm. you'd probably be on B, you know, not quite God tier, but I'd, I'd probably put Dickens up on B. Um, Joe, since uh, Ian is a uh, big boy's up right now, uh, and you're always fresh, do you feel like this was a top, um, I don't know, literature for you growing up, or did you like this book growing up at all? Um, no, I was never really a fan of Dickens. Uh, it always Dickens. came off. It, he always came off really dry to me. A Tale of Two Cities, Great Expectations, all that. It was more being forced to read it in high school and then again a little bit in college um christmas carol slapped though yeah say, that's about his highlight yeah like but even then like when uh, when the crowning achievement is a story that was then picked up by the muppets you know <laughs> I don't know how high your uh, accomplishments, but <laughs> speaking of the Muppets, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Scoop, just to, to get, let me get your thoughts here. Did you ever read Charles Dickens or did you ever enjoy Charles Dickens? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that you did not enjoy Charles Dickens. Yeah, that guess would be correct. I, did not, <laughs> I, I was forced to read it in school and for classes. Uh, I'd rather read um, 
what's it? Uh, fuck. <sighs> F. Scott Fitzgerald, Charles R. Or- Tor- Orwell. Ben and Steinbach of Mice and Men. Yeah. Yeah, some Steinbeck. Oh, fuck. I, forget. I can't. We just, we said him too. I don't know why I can't think of him right now. Shakespeare? Uh, Shakespeare. Fuck. I'd rather read Shakespeare than Dixon, Dickens. And Shakespeare's not easy to read. <laughs> Shakespeare is, can be very challenging. Um, and that could be another conversation for itself. But in regards to Dickens, I, I tend to agree with you guys. I was never a big fan of Charles Dickens himself. And I think here we also have the societal nature of Americans that where we don't like to be told what to do. So when you're in school and someone makes us read a, sh- a book that we find to be dry and we have to read it and we got to write a report on it and then we're graded on it and it becomes part of your quarterly grade that affects you. You're like, fuck you Dickens. Like, why do I got to read your shit? You know? So I think there's also a little bit of that uh, American side to it. So let's talk about the episode a little bit. We're going to try to do our best to the listeners as you're, you guys are listening to break this down as best as we can in, an, in a riveting fashion. However, we do have Joe Harris. We'd like to get his thoughts on different things too, because whenever we have guests, obviously, you know, it's not just about us. We, we have the guests here to give his perspective. But the episode opens up, as you guys talked about at length before we started, uh, with a British person. Ah, Dickens. The imagery of cobblestone streets, craggy London buildings, and nutmeg-filled Yorkshire puddings. Hello, I'm a British person. Uh, as he opens the episode by discussing classic English literature and, of course, in particular, Charles Dickens. Now, Charles Dickens, uh, noted, uh, Joe noted here, lived from 1812 until 1870. Of course, before, before realizing that the character Pip from the show is also Pip from the Dickens novel Great Expectations. And that is, of course, what McDowell is going to be narrating throughout this episode. Now, he highlights, of course, that it's going to be a Cliff Notes version, right? Tell your friends, uh, if you haven't seen this episode, sit on down. And by the end of this episode, you're going to get the greatest Cliff Notes version ever of the Great Expectations. Now, he says, like, join us and by the end, you'll feel as if you have read the Cliff Notes yourself or something like that. It's not, I mean, uh, just every time I I think about this this episode, Gives me a knot in my stomach. But the story opens up with Pip. Pip Perip, by the way. That's his full name. Pip Perip. Uh, making his way to visit his parents' graves. Um, and while he's there, he's threatened by an escaped convict. What are you doing here, you little whippersham? Oh, hello. Why, you look like an escaped convict. Did we breaky wakeys out of prison? Oh, dear. Put your shackle. Here, let me help you. What are you doing with those? I'm an apprentice blacksmith. There you are. And here's a sandwich. You must be starving. Yeah. Why are you so easy to help me? Well, it's not for me to judge you, sir. We are all the same. Now, this escaped convict has got like a messed up eye and in the way they draw british characters in this episode joe is would this was this accurate the portrayal of british animation would you say uh, i think it's just accurate um a p- accurate portrayal of british people we're not like <laughs> the most aesthetically pleasing people in the world i mean if i smile look at the look at the fucking state of them teeth you see it's not a stereotype wait we all have crooked teeth um, my nose is slightly off center, as you can probably see. Um, I I wear glasses because my eyes are, yeah, I'm fucking blind as a bat. 
Um, yeah, British people are not the best looking people. Obviously, you have your exceptions to the rule, like David Beckham, the handsome bastard. Um, but apart from that, yeah, as a race, we're, we're not the most attractive. So I think what Matt and Trey uh, are trying to portray there is actual a accurate representation of our hideousness. <laughs> well, I would say I've met a lot of beautiful uh, British girls, but then as nah, you, you've been catfish, dude. Hold on, hold on. I was going to say, but then, as you mentioned, they open their mouth and talk, and uh, some of them don't have the best voices or the best hygiene. So um, we'll we'll leave it there. Um, or the best personalities. They, they can have some very weird, interesting personalities. My uncle actually married into uh, – he married a woman that was uh, British. Um, her father is a Grammy Award-winning music producer. Uh, over in there and that and like her i i probably could tell you the name if i figured it out here uh it's not important but she I, if i told you the name joe you'd probably know because apparently her family is pretty big over in that side of the world for in the uk i don't know but anyway so she works for disney now uh they're no longer together but uh, that was probably my only uh, expose uh you know to british people but she was already really over here you know what i mean accustomed to u.s uh whatever you want to say our own cultures and ways and stupid bullshit where we take things and then make them American homogenized. It's not French fries anymore. It's freedom fries. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so Pip assists this convict, as I mentioned, by freeing him from the handcuffs and Pip returns to his sister's home where her husband, Joe reads an advertisement placed by Miss Havisham, who's looking for a playmate for her daughter. So we can talk about some of the characters here. We've got the cranky old uh, older sisters that would pip sit as, as mm -hmm. I noted there. P cranky old uh, British older sister. And apparently her husband, who I it's they don't really make that clear, but I guess they are together, right? Yeah. Because uh, what is it? I'm just a simple blacksmith. He seems very uh, confused on what women are about. Mm -hmm. I something that with the vaginas. Yeah. Oh, I just keep to my own ironing over here. And, so and like, like I, I love how at the graveyard, well, not love, but Pip is like, oh, yeah, sister still beats me daily. <laughs> and like, he's so upbeat about it. There's I a probably, couple times, yeah. There's a couple <clears throat> times throughout this episode where he notes his, his, like, he's accepting of being abused. Right, and I guess I, I did pass over. He lets the convict go. And the convict's like, "Why are you being so nice to me?" And he's like, "Cause I see you as a regular person, and I treat everybody the same." And uh, 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 blah, 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 whatever. So uh, lovey dovey bullshit, and and that's foreshadowing. <laughs> wink, wink. Of what's gonna Fucking happen hippie. later? Fucking hippie. Uh, that's me. Anyway, so Pip. Um, I guess is told he needs to get a job here. So I'm a little confused. If he's a simple blacksmith, why don't they just sell this shit? Like, is he, is he not good at making his stuff there? Joe Atherton in, you know, is our black, is there still blacksmiths going on? Is that a still high commodity? No, nobody does no, <laughs> no, no. Um, I'd imagine most stuff that blacksmith makes is now made in, Steelworks, you still obviously have steelworks, especially in the north of England where I live. But no, I think blacksmiths kind of went out in the, uh, the 19th century. You don't think century. there's any in your, maybe your farmland areas or something like that? Maybe I mean, possibly? there might be like specific 
people that make, you know, uh, oh, I'm trying to search for the net shoes for horses. Okay. Whatever they're called. I've totally lost the word, which is, I don't know. Very frustrating. But Horseshoe. Yeah, that's what um, they're called. Horses. Yeah. Horses. I'm sure they've got a specific name, but I can't remember. Yeah. But in America, we call them horseshoes because you throw them around a giant metal pole. Apart from that, I can't imagine much need for a blacksmith in the 21st century. I've always wanted to do something like that. Joe, have you ever visited, besides going to a Renaissance fair, have you ever visited a real blacksmith? <laughs> eh? Yeah, Joe. No, no. No. You, Joe. no. JC, Dirty J. <laughs> the J nice. There used to be um, in the north of England uh, a theme park like um, called Camelot, and it, and it was literally like Camelot. It it had you'd be walking around and out of nowhere knights would suddenly appear and start having a fight, and you'd have like a blacksmith like making stuff, and they'd be like glass blowers and shit, and they'd nice. be like roller coasters and. There'd be like a matinee jousting tournament every two hours, which was pretty dope. But yeah, that's the only place in my life I've ever seen a blacksmith. Time about, time about, time about, time about, time about, time about, ski. Who is truly sporting and thwarting that big boy's look right there. Look at that. Hold up your shirt and smile for me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a good one. Big boys. Check it out. Bigboysclub.com. Scoop, did you ever visit a blacksmith? I mean, you're more of the religious sense, and I know that sometimes they maybe do more simpler things. Did, did you ever go to a blacksmith? Uh, I have a cousin that's a blacksmith. Oh! <laughs> Makes knives and shit. Really? Yeah. Have you ever seen him do it in person? Been around the fire? Forged in fire? When I was really, really, really young, I want to say maybe seven or eight. He lives up in Utah. We went up there, and he lives on a huge farm. Imagine that. Utah. And um, they've got horses and stuff. So, yeah, you make they make their own horseshoes and shit. So he started making knives too. I mean, it's not it's not cool. It's like it's hot. It's loud. It's obnoxious. I mean. Well, I hear it at the Renaissance Fair when you're walking by and you hear the clank, 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 ring. <laughs> I don't know. It's more like, that... like a, a black, black, real blacksmith. It's more like <laughs> because they use that oh. machine now. Oh, okay. So they're not like doing it old. He's not doing it old school anymore. With just like no, he's got style. I mean, he can he can do that with a hammer and stuff, but he's got all the machinery where he doesn't need it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that was great. I liked how we deviated away from that, but it built up to Scoop actually knowing a blacksmith. Joe, do you have something else to say, Mr. JV, before we move on? I mean, I do have, I do know a couple people that work at a forge, but like what Joe was describing sounds like the Excalibur casino in Vegas, just without yes. the hookers and gambling. Nice. Like it sounded <laughs> like, depending on your stance on hookers and gambling, it sounded either better or worse. But, like, now I kind of want to go to this Camelot in North England. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's closed. Oh. For COVID or permanently? It closed about 10 years ago, unfortunately. Oh. Fuck you, economy. Uh, fuck you, economy. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I was going to say the same thing too, because what you were describing, Joe, sounds like a, a chain here. Well, not a chain, but at one point in time, they were bigger and a bigger chain, uh, and that being Excalibur. Now they're just what, like centrally located in Vegas and maybe a couple other cities. Jamie. Oh yeah, well, mid medieval times is kind of the same thing. There's one in Cali, and there's one. I think there's still Arizona. one at like Arizona Mills. Yeah, the Renaissance uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. There was one in Washington too. It got canceled last year because of the COVID one. I was going right. to go to that. I was excited because usually you can find really cool things <clears throat> at the Renaissance Fair. Like I found a saxophone, a wooden saxophone in the key of G. It was pretty oh. cool. It was like, it was pretty cool. Well, getting back to again, we've deviated long enough from the Pip story. Let's get back into the story. As we mentioned, Pip is uh, told to go get a job by his cranky old sister. And by the blacksmith, who, by the way, invents jobs, apparently, because he just made the newspaper. And then all of a sudden, there's a job in the <laughs> newspaper. <Yeah. laughs> right. Oh, look here. I've gone and made a metal newspaper. Shut up, you silly net. What the hell are we supposed to do with a metal newspaper? Well, for starters, we can look in the wound ads and see if we can find Pippa job. <laughs> I just know. I thought that was funny. Now, I mean, if he had, like, I guess... I guess obviously I'm I'm overthinking it. He could you could make the argument. Well, he probably modeled it after, right? But still, um, that was pretty funny. So uh, after Pip gets instructions from his, uh, I guess you might say uncle. I guess we'll, we'll consider him then if it's her brother's husband. Um, she uh, Pip is instructed to go be a playmate for Miss Havisham's daughter, as Miss Havisham's daughter is willing to pay twenty quid. Is that what you, is that what was that what it was, Joe? Other than yeah, twenty quid. Quid is slang for pounds. Okay. Okay. It's the equivalent of books and dollars. <laughs> Got such See, a weird. This is quid. this is a very educational um, podcast you get in this. It week. is for us. It's great. We appreciate it. We're stoners and we live. Yeah, we're, we're white guy stoners in America. I mean, this is <laughs> excellent. Twenty bucks a day back then was fucking raking it in. Like, yeah, I'd imagine I, I, back in the eighteen hundreds, it'd probably be like. 250 300 something like that yeah he's basically well, a she, she is rich so yeah. yeah that's true that's true i, uh, I could kind of relate because like she's not gone out because she got a heart broken and she doesn't go out anymore because of covid i've not gone out in like nearly a year and i've got a safe to the right of me with like nearly three grand in save from not going out so totally relatable by the way, uh, don't even try. I might go about places Vegas you were on about before with with that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vegas is opening back up in May. Pretty much the casinos. Joe, do I have a sales opportunity for you? No, just <laughs> <laughs> for only a mere five thousand dollars, you can no. Okay, so back to the episode. <laughs> uh, the uh, quid. Is there any other like? What type of money? What's the currency? Give me like we have we have what uh, pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, and then dollars. What's your guys' like change there? I'm just curious. Pound, pounds and pence. That's it. Or P. Interesting. P. Like, yeah, like P stands for pence, like twenty P piece. Okay, so P piece. <laughs> yeah. No, because like our coins are like America. We've got one P, two P, five P, twenty P. 50p and a pound. They're all the coins that we've got. Oh, and there's a two pound coin. I forgot about that. Because I'm not using much. 
I've not used money in like over a year, so I totally forgot about that. We used to have a $2 bill they took out of yeah. currency, and then they bring it back every now and then limited editions. Like, I see that shit. Like, they'll fork out brand new $2 bills to get popped out. Well, yeah, our money's quite boring. All we've got is like pounds and pence. Do you call the two pound coin toonies like Canadians? No. No. We just, Damn. We're boring. Like, it's probably must be boring if we're like getting out quirked by Canadians. Look, <laughs> you're not taking advantage of the fact that your money sounds like penis. So you get pee pee. You got the pee pee? Yo, give me 20 pee pee. Oh, 20 pee, guy. I have more pee pee in my pocket than you. <laughs> See, there you go. Use that one. I got more PP in my pocket than you. I and then if somebody gets twenty pen piece, guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> hey, that's uh, has South Park done a lot of. Um, I mean, other than this episode, this was really their only British episode, right? Like uh, I've not seen them. Yeah, up until the royal wedding. Well, that the royal wedding is Canadian. Oh, true. As is tradition. As, as, is tradition. as is tradition. So yeah, this I mean, is, yeah, they're Canadian, they but this is really the only time they do British. So, <laughs> and it's interesting. And they didn't really depict them in like a a mannerism in which they do Canadians. They, you know, they stayed pretty true and nice to them. You know, even though Mr. Adler's admits that uh, you know that they may not look the best looking. Well, that's where it leads to Mr. Pip as he Mr. Pip Rip as he ends up in Miss Havisham's house and he walks to the gates. He sees uh, Mr. Pocket, which he'll get to knowing later, playing in the fountain, butt naked. And he walks up to the door, knocks on the door, is escorted up to Miss Havisham by a little girl as he finds out that the little girl's name is Estella. And she berates him as they're walking through the mansion, calling him different British slang and different terminology. You guys have some really funny slang. Like, Joe, why do you guys get – Yeah, why do you guys get cool slang and we don't, Mathers? Who are you? I've come to answer the wanted. Is that so, you smelly little bastard? What? This way, you pathetic squirt of vaginal discharge. This way, you beef-witted shriveled-up monkey's penis. Up here, you gamey mass of baby vomit. In here. Oh, after you, miss. I'm not going in there, you stupid puddle of a homeless man urine. I don't think we do. I mean, if I'm being honest, because, like... I'm northern, so we're far more like civilized. No, God, no, oh. the opposite. Foul <laughs> oh. um, like we come up with just my favorite insult is "cunt." I mean, there's no getting away from it, and and that's and like see, really in America. It, that's it's like, like a huge women. No-no. <laughs> it's the, crazy. The thing is, over here, over here, no word of a lie. Me and my wife will be like, "Oh, you're acting a little bit cunty, aren't you?" All right, cunty and things like that. And like, there's, there's other stuff like wanker, that's quite a good one, uh, which just oh. means chron- chronic masturbator, um, which everyone's a wanker. I don't know why people get upset over that. It's just facts. Yeah, I find it interesting that you guys like are just so, I don't know, it's... You guys don't care about the the actual word, like because as, as as you're saying, they're women here. Because guys don't, I mean, guys don't care. We'll say the word kind. That doesn't bother us. It's more or less we don't say it around women, um, or people that we respect, we, or people we respect, if you will, out of their, I guess, 
an emotional attachment to the word. Yeah. I mean, I'm not emotionally attached to any word in general, but even so much so, it, it's weird that 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 one word now, even in 2021, still seems to hit a nerve. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least I mean, it is bad course. over here, but I think it's like the younger you are, the less of a big deal it is. Well, and that goes for both. That goes for both sexes. Yeah. Or all sexes. <clears throat> I think language is less of an issue over here in the UK than anything, to be honest. I mean, over here with television, like after 9pm, you could probably get away with having that word said on television. Okay. Like we've, got something called, we've got something called the watershed. And like there's no uh, swearing, sex or violence before 9pm. And then basically after 9 p.m. is more or less anything goes. Apart from like full on ex <laughs> hamster shit, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna Scoop's... get any like midget porn on the BBC or anything like that. Scoop's laughing because no, that's, that's how what it used channel to be. four is for. Yeah, oh, that's exactly. What... Yeah, channel four. Damn right. That's how it used to be here in America. If you guys recall back in the day, we used to have that kind of style where you couldn't even show certain specific commercials, certain cuss words couldn't be used after a specific time. So basically what Joe is telling, uh, Mr. Adams is saying is uh, the Brits over there kept those great moral values and didn't be or weren't dehumanized or as South Park like to say, we didn't lower the bar because um, we continue <laughs> to lower the bar and lower the bar over here. <laughs> I mean, pretty much you can find anything on now, day or night. It does not matter um, when it comes to type of content, whether it be vulgarity, sexual nature. It's crazy. When it comes to, like, the news over there where you live, do you, like, show people getting shot or do you, oh, like, yeah. not show it? Oh, they show well, – they don't show the, like, zoomed in, but they will show from afar, like – Here's actual footage, and it'll be like, can you hear it? And then the person falls and stuff like that. Right. Oh, like, we, we never Kyle ever Rick. show anything like that. But like, show, like, example, the only thing I can really remember was like Columbine High School. They okay. like showed the footage and they showed like a bomb exploding inside the, the cafeteria, but they like paused it the instant that the bomb flashed. They wouldn't show anything else. And they and showed literally nothing from it. Right. And that's how they covered Columbine, the Columbine shooting from out here. But like when um, what's his face uh, allegedly or whatever, I'm not trying to get too political right now, shot the three guys up in Wisconsin. Like they showed those videos. But like Matt was saying, it wasn't like Joe in or want- anything like that. Well, if you want, we can get darker, though, because, Joe, I saw well, – Well, I was just going to say last year I saw that guy I, – I, I, Ben sent it to me, and I watched it. I saw the footage of that guy who went on that mosque rampage where he just showed up in the, all the mosques. Yeah, they, they literally showed where he was going to shoot, and then they paused it over here on the news. Oh. We saw everything, dude. Like, it's crazy what gets out here. I mean, it's not going to be replayed, but they will show it at least once or twice that first night to give you an idea of what actually happened. Um, um, but anyway, we're, as we said, guys, not our favorite episode of A Great Expectation. Which is why we keep talking about everything but the episode. Right. right. Like, if you know where to look, you can find Bud Dwyer killing himself on uh, American Oh, that's, that shit's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. It's still on YouTube. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't hey, seen man, that. nice shot. 
<laughs> okay, uh, so she's berating Pip as they're walking up the stairs to meet Mrs. Havishire. Um, he find, he gets the job essentially, and uh, you know she berates him, he berates him, and she t- uh, Miss Havishire sneakily tells Estella, uh, "We'll break his heart because that's the whole goal of her life now is to break men's hearts." So, unfortunately for Pip, he has to spend time with Estella and, you know, Estella was like, oh, we're going to play a game. And Pip's like, oh, what kind of game? She's going to, it's called, I hit you over the head with this wood or whatever. This, uh, this heavy log. This heavy log. And, oh, I love that game. I play it all the time with my sister. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Pip's like, yeah, <laughs> my favorite game. So they do that throughout the different cutscenes as they show Pip's, they do a montage. That's gone. Montage. Last week's episode, shout out to one of my favorite cover artists right now, Andrew Soto, who covered that song. It was our outro song. And he's also covered other songs on his uh, YouTube. So go check him out. Hey, uh, uh, Ian, uh, do you... Do you know where I can get a cool t-shirt? Uh, yeah, actually, I do, my brother. Check it out at bakedboysclub.com for all that apparel that you need. Big Boys? Big Boys, yeah, bigboysclub.com, guys. You can go there for all your awesome, like, stuff. Yeah, and, like, you'll see some t-shirts and hats. Dude, they got this box. You get a mystery box. It's like 30 bucks, bro, and you get a bunch of t-shirts, hats, stickers, like big boys. So, like, for all your apparel needs, go to big boys, dot, big boys club, <laughs> big boys club, and get yourself some stuff, and you'll be baked. And if you use the code SUCKMYBALLSPOD, you're going to get 15% off your order. So, like, even if you're baked, and when you make an order, we're going to save you some money so visit the bigboysclub.com again that's the bigboysclub.com bigboysclub.com use the code suck my balls pod big boys not just a brand it's like a lifestyle yeah so they did a little bit of montage with here pip spending time uh with estella and then eventually a couple weeks into it he gets an offer or i guess not a couple weeks into it but the passage of time he gets an offer to be trained to be a gentleman, Mr. Athers. Is this still very popular as far as etiquette? Do you do you guys do people heavily rely on being a gentleman? I mean, under the crown of the queen. No. Okay. Nobody gives a fuck about that kind of shit. Um all of this stuff is very upper class, and as you can probably tell from my accent, I am not from down south i'm not from near london <laughs> london um yeah uh, it's very much a thing of the past although i can imagine being back in the 1800s when this episode is set everything is kind of based off social classes in this country and the only way you could kind of work your way up from where Pip was back then was it's <clears throat> kind of Take it to make it, so to speak. Try and get that aura of having a higher class than he was actually born with. If we're actually taking this episode seriously, 
I can't What's believe you? I'm taking this episode seriously. Yeah, you got to do it. Look, what do you, what do you, I'm, I'm just curious from a media perspective since I was thinking about it. You know, here in the United States, obviously, and I can't speak for how the rest of the world sees us because I'm not well versed in that nature, but mm. from a media, from media perspective, do you feel like American media dominates most of your media or do you guys have a very thriving entertainment industry itself? I think. From the outside looking in, it's very easy to see. And if I was American, I would probably think that as far as media goes worldwide, that America was probably the world leader. Um, whereas, in fact, it's actually India. <laughs> Bollywood is huger in terms of sales and pure numbers than Hollywood. Purely Beijing's jumping up too. They they have a population of over a billion people. So going just off the numbers, you know, doesn't matter about quality. America might make better films. Well, kind of. Depends. Well, let me narrow down the question. Do you guys have big media celebrities in the UK? I guess is what I, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. Americans I mean, don't even know about really, let's say. Um, yeah, but I'd say that was mostly down to cultural references. Like, in the UK, the main programs are kind of like oh. are soap operas are very popular. Like mm. if I said Coronation Street or EastEnders to you, it probably wouldn't mean much. But they're like two of Downtown the Abbey. I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah, Downtown Abbey is probably like as far as an export, and Doctor right. Who, I suppose, that's quite right. a big export as well. Um, I'm trying to think of like global brands from the X Factor and like the voice and shit like that, I suppose. What I have for that kind of I, shit. And le to let me fine tune the question even more, then this has nothing to do with South Park, Scoop, or Joe. If I move to the UK, can I become a big celebrity because I'm American? Do I have a better opportunity? I guess this is what I'm getting at. Oh, what? The, the whole exotic stranger type? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe I okay. don't know. I mean, if what about can, Scoop? I mean, he's sexy and chiseled. Would he? If James would he better... Corden can go to America and become <laughs> a fucking megastar, then any no talent bomb can. To be honest. So right. you're saying there's a chance? There's a chance. Exactly. I mean, it sounds funny to say, but I actually used to really like James Corden when he was in a sitcom over here in the UK called Gavin and Stacey, which was like really funny. But then he just, he, he's just disappeared up his own ass. And I'm glad, like, I'm glad he's your problem and not ours. It's, I mean, from a financial standpoint, I would have to, I, I'm only assuming that America's got a bigger media than the UK, but I would assume. Oh, of course. Big, it, only, it, it only, you know, stands the reason you're, Florida is bigger than the UK, so you know it's going to have more resources. Would you, what would you say is the richest actor? Like a normal actor makes in the UK, maybe seventy-five, a hundred thousand dollars a year. Is that would that be polite to say? You want about by purely staying in the UK and not getting on a global right? Like, I'm just thinking like your own area. I was curious. Like like staying in the UK because obviously you've got people like Dame Judi Dench. Patrick Stewart, Daniel Day Lewis, they've all right. done, you know, quite well for themselves. But if, if you're talking about people from the UK, you're probably looking at your presenters. Okay. They probably make the most money. There's um 
a double act over here in the UK called Ant and Deck, and they literally present fucking everything. Like Ant and Deck Saturday Night Takeaway, which is like a light entertainment Saturday night program. They present our version of Survivor, which is called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Um, yeah, they they like present loads of really shit programs, but they absolutely rake it in. Yeah, presenters seem to be the way to go these days, especially with Netflix stuff. I've been watching that show Blown Out. You were talking about glass floors earlier, and I've been addicted to that. But uh, Pip, uh, Forging Fire, nice. <laughs> fucking these shows get addicting. You watching it? Um, and then there was that. There's that one, the the British show where they there. It's the shop, and they 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 fix shit, and they re uh, like. They, they, people will bring in like heirlooms that have been broken and stuff, and it's a bunch of British like a restoration and Welsh people. show. Okay, yeah, I forget what it's called though, but it's so I, I got so addicted to it, dude. I get so addicted to watching just YouTube videos of like this guy called Odd Tinkering, where he's, I think he's got to be Indian, um, because that's what his accent sounds like, and he just like finds old consoles and electronics and fixes up, cleans them, makes them all sparkly. It's, it's great. Well. Speaking of being fixed up, making them all sparkly and trying to be looking great, Pip goes off to gentleman's school as we he gets a uh, anonymous donation, uh, wink, wink, from someone in the episode, um, and uh, is sent off to gentleman's school. And who does he get a roommate with? It's Mr. Pocket himself. So there, Mr. Pocket explains the backstory on Mrs. Haversham and her love life and being heartbroken and scorned. While Pip is trying to remain being a gentleman at the table, first eating with a knife, then sticking his napkin in the tumbler, as they said, uh, then uh, whipping out his wee-wee and checking for scabbies, as well as farting, too. And the story ends, Pip, with me suggesting that one should never pull out that wee-wee and check it for scabs whilst at the table. Terribly sorry, Pocket. Not at all, I'm sure. <laughs> all yeah, things that are scabbies. not gentlemanly. All things that are not gentlemanly. <laughs> so, quite, I'm sure. White, I'm sure. Mr. Pocket explains to Pip all about this. So after a couple weeks, Mr. Malcolm McDowell, the narrator, uh, mentions that Pip was ready to return to see his beloved Estelle. So he asks, he returns. Miss Havisha uh, shows Pip that she too has gone off to be a lady. Got a little bit of a, a makeover. Gives him a picture so that way he can wank off to it later. And he decides that he's going to go off to the ball to try and win his love. So he goes off to this ball to try and ask Estella for to be his girlfriend. They do a little bit of a dance. I don't know if you noticed. This part was a little bit funny because in the background, some of the dancing was just weird. One of them, at one scene, the chicks were spanking the dudes. I didn't understand that dance. You no longer live with the blacksmith? Oh, I see Joe once in a while, but I don't have much in common with him anymore. Now that I'm a gentleman and all, naturally. Movement. Is that something you guys have vetted over there, Joe? No? Okay. It was just a very odd dance movement. Even Pip got his ass baked by her, too. It was just very weird dance. Um, just a very odd dance itself. So uh, while this is going on, Pip, you know, kind of it confesses his love to Estelle. And then Estelle reveals that she has a 17-year-old American boyfriend, by the way. He just pops up out of nowhere. Like, just a typical, like, sorry, babe, let's get out of here. Like, sticks in a typical 17-year-old American boyfriend named Steve, uh, who wears modern clothing, makes no sense. <laughs> and he's got a car. He's got a car. <laughs> this is 1800. 
That would make no sense. The first car wasn't even invented at least to at least the late 1800s, early 1900s. That was a, I don't, I don't understand. So, but apparently he's got a car. So now saddened, Pip goes to Miss Havisha's to only find out that she approved of Steve, that she had set this all up, and that upon learning that Stella was only using him to hurt Pip, even Steve's pissed. And then Miss Havisham explains that she, <laughs> that uh, she has to still break young boys' hearts to harness tears to power for her Genesis device. Havisham desires youth and wants to make the, use the machine machine. I'm sorry to switch bodies with Estella. She then sends robot monkeys to attack Pip. And I that again monkey. This, it's like they knew part of this story was boring, so they started trying to interject this stuff halfway through. Making all right, put Steve in there. He's an American. Yeah, throw some robot monkeys. <laughs> Fuck it. She's trying to build a machine to fuse herself with the Genesis. <laughs> like, monkey. Like, even they knew they only had a little bit to work with here. So I think they missed the trick with the Genesis machine. I think it should have been fired up with uh, Phil Collins doing the drum from In the Air Tonight. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been. So, <laughs> I will hear you calling in the air and on. Hold on. You'll be inside me. And the convict, the convict at the, at the beginning could have been Phil Collins because he kind of looked like him a little bit. Kind of it does. It would have wrapped it all up nicely. They probably just reused the same model and made them look a little bit different. So um, Pip passes out after learning the news and escaping from the robot monkeys. He passed out in the street and when he wakes, he's found by his, of course, his older brother. I'm sorry, his uncle and Mr. Pocket. He would pass out on the street for three hours. And um, unfortunately, uh, Pip uh, realizes that Miss Havisham was trying to break his heart. And then he's told some great news that the anonymous donor guys was the convict at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, he was the one who made the anonymous donation and set Pip off to make a uh, gentleman who eventually will inherit some land. He explained to Pip he, the reason why he did that was Pip treated him as an equal when no one else would. And because of that, when he became rich, he was now – apparently he became rich really quick, about 15 minutes. And now he is going to fund Pip for the rest of his life. Uh, Pip's got a sugar daddy. Where's my sugar daddy? Uh, so – <laughs> Pip now says Not we gotta all, kick. I'm sure. We gotta kick her ass. Uh, meeting Miss Miss Havisham, so they go to Miss Havisham's house, back to her house, and she's all set up now with the Genesis, with a bunch of boys all hanging upside down, who used to be Estella's boyfriend. Um, and uh, unfortunately for the boys, they just have given up. They, they're no matter what Mister Pocket does to try and make them laugh. He can't prevent them from crying. And the whole unit is powered by tears. So unfortunately, this, it, it starts up. But while this is going on, Pip is trying to explain to Estella that you do have a heart, that you can be convinced that, uh, you know, that you can be a good person. And he does this by giving her bunnies. Where does he get all of these fucking bunnies from? Too? Mr. Pocket. He explains pocket, that. Yeah. He explains that. That's so uh, he gives her the bunnies and he explains to her <laughs> that 
only a person with no heart would be able to kill these bunnies. And she starts killing and these she bunnies. Does. <laughs> she kills these bunnies one by one by one, a total of 25 times. <laughs> and so on the 26th time, she finally goes, I'm tired of doing this. And, but, and Pip's like, oh, see, you do have a heart. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe I could do it. No, no, no. You, you said you have a heart. Come with me. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, Estelle jumps out of the chair and uh, is having some fuses with an empty box, I guess. And she dies. And that's how the episode ends with apparently Pip and uh, Estelle are now going to be a thing. And uh, Pocket asks for his bunnies back. Never gets his bunnies back. <laughs> and uh, they end up the episode with Malcolm McDowell declaring that everyone lived happily ever after, except for Pocket, who died of hepatitis B. Um, so that was the episode recap there. A little bit long-winded, of course, for us normally to get through that. But uh, as we mentioned, this episode was... Oh, this episode sucked! I hate it. Sucks. I hate this episode. It's a dumb episode. God. Guys, there's no what did Kenny say. It's a pip fucking episode. He haven't figured that out this this week. So there is no our weekly what did Kenny say. Sorry, I haven't got to do it in a while. So right? it's been like three weeks. I know. Fuck. Kenny hasn't getting a lot of episodes. Ah, there's some bullshit. Not getting fucking disgrace. So, Scoop, why don't you start us off with some trivia? We don't have much here either. And then, Joe, finish the references to pop culture. This is the first. You know, oh, and I was going to say, and anybody feel free to interject after we read the, the note. You know, whatever. Yeah, after. Yeah, let him read the note. <laughs> this is the first episode to not feature any of the main characters. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's hip. Yep, yep. Um, this is the first episode to not feature the satirical disclaimer at the open. The episode remains relatively faithful to Dickens' great expectations until the introduction of the Genesis device. <laughs> no shit. Really? <sighs> Pip's head is shaped slightly different in this episode. This episode is often considered to be one of the least popular episodes in the series, and Stone and Parker have admitted that they do not think highly of this episode either, ranking in their own bottom 53 episodes. I'm trying to see, like, what, like, what 52 they think are worse than this, that it's in their bottom 53. That's a very specific Please. number. Sexual harassment. I know they didn't like that episode. Yeah. So, but the reason why they're saying they're bottom 53 is they're not a big fan of the first three seasons. So, like, uh, right there is a lot of your bulk. Like, yeah, they've gone back. They've gone back and said if they could rewrite it, they wouldn't They would remove the first three. Uh, they didn't feel like they started hitting their stride till this season because that's when this season started the full, like, actual linear story rather than having three separate stories. Yeah, yeah. So – um, but continue on their last thing there, Scoop. It is theorized that this episode was made to give Pip his send-off as Butters had recently been introduced. Fuck you, Pip! Goodbye! Hit the Joe. road, Pip! Um, 
references to pop culture when pocket says i also may point out that it's not proper to pull out your wee wee and check it for scabs at the dinner table this is a reference to the dvda song i've got warts on my dick i've got warts <laughs> on oh my, my dick, dick. <laughs> it's such a good song um <laughs> One of the blacksmith's creations, one of Joe's creations in the open of the episode is a metal orange, which is a nod to Malcolm McDowell, who first gained fame in Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange. Malcolm McDowell also reflects on the film and his character, Alex DeLarge, when he describes himself as your humble narrator with a terrible, well, my, mine was a terrible Cockney accent. His is actually pretty decent. Your humble narrator. Um, and then uh, Tony Blair is called the King of England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. And a bull held by Tony Blair, the King of England. And Blair, of course, was the Prime Minister of England when the episode was made. Uh, before um, we go on, I have a question. Uh, was Tony Blair an excellent Prime Minister of England, Mr. Hathers? Uh, better than the dollar store Trump for the ad cunt that we've got now. Oh, uh, the Donald Trump equivalent? Yeah. John Forrest. Fucking useless. <laughs> I mean, the, the, like, one of the first things he did when we were having like daily corona briefings was like, oh, yeah, sir, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Uh, I've been in hospitals today. Uh, I've been shaking hands with, with people who, who have coronavirus. And three weeks later, we ended up in ICU with coronavirus. <laughs> Our fucking leader. His name is Boris, <gasps> though. That's so cool. Boris, hey, anyway. You know what, as well? He was fucking born in America. Oh, my God. Really? It's all your fucking fault. You can yeah. do that? I can go over to your country and run it? You can do a better yeah. job than this guy. My you know? arm is, like, breaking out in hives. Uh -oh. oh, man. This Pip episode's not good. <laughs> no. Hepatitis B. Oh, yeah, shit. it's definitely Hepatitis B. Yeah, yeah. Hepatitis B. <laughs> I mean, if it were Hepatitis oh. C, it would kill everything else in the body, but that's a different Did shit. you work out and then not take a shower? No, but I, oh. I don't know. I was just thinking maybe sweat. Yeah, it is Boris hotter Johnson over there. was born in the Upper East Side of New York. Oh, God. What the fuck? See, then I could totally be the prime minister of the UK. Um, that being said, I have one more question, and this has nothing to do with any episode of South Park, but I have to feel like I ask you now. Is there anybody over there named Burger Meister Meister Burger? I haven't met him yet, but there could be. You never know. There are some strange named people. Uh, the one thing I will say okay. is before, you know, I just wanted to lay this to rest before I go on my merry way. Uh, there is no such thing as a British accent. It is either an English accent, a Scottish accent, or a Welsh accent, mm. or Northern Irish. Uh, okay. British accents, you, you've got your typical either posh London accent, which is kind of like Pockets or, or Miss Havisham's. Uh, you're like uneducated Southern accent, which is very much like Joe the Blacksmith's. Uh, Scottish, uh, you only have to look as far as like Drew McIntyre from WWE or Shrek. 
as right. your point of references. Um, Welsh <laughs> is a little bit harder because, like, I don't know many famous Welsh people. Uh, there's Catherine Zeta Jones, I suppose, is the only famous like Welsh person yeah, you might know. Whatever. She's pretty um, much American now. Um, a lot of people get mixed up with like Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Northern Ireland is the one that's counted as British. Uh, the Republic of Ireland is very much their own place. Uh, the Republic of Ireland accent is very much like, um, you know, like a lullaby, like kind of like your leprechaun. Whereas the, the Northern Irish accent is very like kind of harsh and like, hey, you, I know your name kind of thing. So, oh, like more boondock saints. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Or if you're a wrestling fan, fit thinly. Okay. But that's a yeah, good, that's there's a good no such thing mm. as a British accent. I just thought I'd, I'd clear that up. Because oh, we I all like hate it. each other. We're, we're, we're Great Britain, but we can't fucking stand each other. Especially England. Everybody hates England. Uh, as much as like the Scots might help hate the Welsh, and the Welsh might hate the Northern Irish, uh, they are all unified in their hatred towards England because we are the absolute fucking dirt worst. Before you finish up here, Joe, with the music pop culture stuff, I have a follow-up question to that. You know, I saw that there was, uh, I guess, con some concern in, let's say, in France, which I was not England, but I wondered if it had translated over to UK. And that being there has been a lot of homogenized American culture society that has been infected into that part of the world, that Western, our Western mentality, whether it be politics or religion um have you seen more of an influx of that in your part of the maybe geographical location over the years i can't really say much because most of the media that i consume is kind of from that side of the world okay. i mean obviously i've got my favorite british stuff that i enjoy watching um as far as british films i think that on the quiet we've got a very good film industry there's lots of really, really good underground British films that you guys won't have heard of. Uh, there's an actor slash director called, oh, his name bloody escapes me now. I watched two of his films the other day. Uh, Paddy Considine, um, he's like plays a very small part in The World's End, which Simon Pegg's in. Um, and he's a really good director and actor in his own right. And he's made some great films such as Dead Man's Shoes, um, Journeyman, which is the story of a, a boxer who has one last fight, ends up winning but getting a brain injury and has to learn how to walk and talk and kind of win his wife and daughter back. Um, as far as American media goes, I think because the world's a much smaller place now, what with the internet and everything. I mean, here I am talking to you guys who are American. You've got all of these streaming services like right. Amazon, Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, Hulu, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's just a lot easier now to consume content, not just from America, but for all over the world. 
I guess from I guess my question because I mean America we're so literal we take so many things literal over here where a lot of hmm. things whether it be from a media standpoint end up being injected into our day to day lives whether that be in on reality via phone or just having normal conversations right and I know that like from a political standpoint over the last four years we've had this kind of unearthing of this uh from these individuals we'll say half the country who thinks yeah. one side has that sort of political mindset of uh, i don't know i don't want to say use i don't want to put them all in one blanket statement and say all right but or white or white is right or anything like that but has that style of uh, america or, or our country our way type of mentality been infected into your society kind of i mean twitter on Facebook and basic social media is kind of like an echo chamber. So you can't really gauge the right. actual reality of things just by logging on to Facebook or scrolling through your Twitter. Um, but I'd say there's definitely like, there's, there's two camps. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'll go on record and say I'm very much left wing. I think that, if people are fleeing from a country that's in the shit, then as long as they're going to contribute to the society and not just come over here and, and not work and drain, you know, benefits, right. more power to them. I'm also like, you look at some of the right wing stuff and it's, it's bad on both sides. I think you've got extremists on both sides. I don't think that, Everybody that votes Republican is racist, just by the same right. token. I don't mm. think everyone that votes Democrat is whiter than white. I think you've got good people and bad people on both sides of, of each political divide. I think that the media is, you know, very easily swaying people's, you know, beliefs in both sides. Right. I pers I personally think that like people are going to vote for who they feel are going to help them out the most, and I don't think that makes them a bad person. That's basically mm. my. I can't stand the fucking government that's in charge over here in the UK. Unfortunately, they won by a landslide. Unfortunately, the guy that took over the opposition party is fucking worse than the last guy that was in opposition. That sounds about so America no here. So no matter how bad the fucking Boris Johnson and their mob are, we've got no chance of getting the opposition in party because they're just they're basically kissing Boris Johnson's ass during this whole <laughs> pandemic and not holding him to account. So yeah, I know that I've kind of gone round in a fucking circle there on your question, but no, I think that that to put things bluntly, social media is a fucking echo chamber and it doesn't it does not reflect the actual feelings of the majority of people. Hence, when you look at who got voted in. Right. No, I, both, I agree. On both, on both sides of the pond, not just it's, over in the UK. I, it's almost like you guys are going through the, the Trump syndrome that we had to go through. So it's it's very interesting. But, Joe, finish up the references mm -hmm. to pop culture with some music here. Talk about that music. At the beginning and end of the episode, Spring from Vivaldi's Four Seasons plays, which is also kind of a uh, tongue-in-cheek rip on Masterpiece Theater. Um, 
which yeah yeah if anyone is familiar with public television and all that fun crap um when pip first enters the havisham estate box invention number two in d minor is playing and as pip waltzes with estella dance of the clogs from the opera czar und zimmerman or the czar and the carpenter and strauss's Anin polka are played all right well, there's your references to pop culture your trivia and your full recap just to wrap up this episode here we got a couple things left here uh just our top likes and dislikes and guys there is not much so joe go ahead and tell us your top likes um it's kind of sick but the cracking sound and the squeals the baby mu- the baby bunnies make when <laughs> stella breaks their necks I think that's the only thing I have listed here that is a like that isn't something that one of the three of us doesn't hit on. Yeah. Or isn't just a complaint. Um, of course, I liked, uh, you know, I'm a British person. That was I, that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we. I think we all like that. I mean – <laughs> yeah. Uh, we all, of course, Joe put down here that we got through the episode and literally everything before and after this will be better in the series. Like, I don't disagree. The only other one that I really don't like besides this episode, I like it'll be a while, is um, Stanley's Cup, the hockey episode. Not a big fan of that episode. Oh, I love that episode. Not a big fan of that episode. So that's probably about the next one where I go, uh, I don't really like this episode. Uh, but and that's a while away. That's a ways away. That's yeah. That's away. season ten. Yeah. yeah. So um, the last thing here you already mentioned, uh, it's kind of sickening. And we already said Malcolm McDowell and, of course, when it ended. And then our the only dislike is the whole episode. So um, <laughs> that's that's our only dislike. Joe, did you have any top moments you like? We'll let you talk now. Um, yeah, the bit where Malcolm McDowell's uh, reading what a pocket talking to how to become a gentleman. I just like how one of the throwaways. <laughs> Throwaway lines was to eat bugs. <laughs> uh, anything you disliked heavily? I mean, do you, I mean, is there anything you, when people watch this episode, you go, you watch this episode, you go, man, this is fucking bullshit. Um, I don't think it was very true to uh, Dickens's vision of great expectations <laughs> with the with the Genesis device and the monkeys. <laughs> that's 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 fair. That is a fair argument. Uh, Scoop, Not one for the purists. Right. You've been a little quiet over here. I know you always seem to have a little bit of a, I don't know what's going on over there, but what did you think, Scoop, of this episode and your final closing thoughts? Give us the Scoop rant here. I need something, Scoop. No, this episode was trash. This is one that you gobble up into a little ball and throw it away. Um, if you're if you're on like a whole like watch through, this is one that you skip. This is one that I would definitely tell you it's one that you skip. You know, it pertains to nothing. It's basically Pip getting thrown off the show because we don't see him after this, right? Right. There's only... Yeah. For the most part, I mean, he might be in background and then he gets killed in episode 201, but that's about it. Got Barbara Streisand. Next Streisand. And isn't there... Yeah, never mind. But yeah. 
and yeah on the whole skipping thing you're right because if i'm watching on dvds or i'm watching on a binge or something the second i see malcolm mcdowell come up i'll wait for him to say hello i'm a british person and then i skip it Hello. I would rather I would rather I would rather sit through the April Fool's edition not without my anus episode than watch this again because at least in the not without my anus that you get craft dinner. Let's yeah, and like, as oh, I like to I like to sodomize me with it, my daughters or whatever that guy. It's so fucked up and funny. I mean, as long as like you don't remember the whole not without my anus thing, supposing supposed to be who is Cartman's father, not without my anus is actually entertaining. This has like no redeeming quality whatsoever. There is none. There's no redeeming quality other than the fact that it is a Charles Dickens story and you got the basic cliff notes. So um, I think we would all agree that this is in. R bottom five 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 five. This is number three hundred eight for me, number three hundred eight for Scoop, and this is number three hundred nine, I guess, for JB. Yeah, th- this is literally my worst episode in the series, and it's so far below everything else in the series. It's not even worth mentioning. Not even worth mentioning. I didn't know uh, we were counting three hundred nine. Nine months, three hundred nine. Shit, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, Joe, Mr. A.V. Athers, uh, let me ask you. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you rank this in the bottom half of the South Park podcast? I'm going to suck my balls. I'm sorry, of South Park shows. Uh, yeah, probably. I wasn't a big <laughs> fan of it, even though it had British people in it. Still wasn't enough to push it over the top for me. Yeah, it's pretty... Like you say, you, you, you might as well have just uh, done the whole Simpsons did it and had uh, Pip was killed on the way to his home planet and come up at the end. <laughs> yeah. Pip's dead! Yay! And here's the sworn affidavit, kids. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do us here for another episode of Suck My Balls. We've lended your ears long enough. I'm your host on the scene of the air is clean. I'm lighting up green, your boy, MSG. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matthew underscore Trihaffer. Each and every week, I host Light the Fuse, an AEW review podcast with Benami and Chris Silvio. Let's check out the podcast, New Force Order, I produce, as well as patreon.com slash Stevie Ray T. Joe, do you have anything to say before we go? Everything I've been plugging the last week is actually all more or less happening this week, which means it'll have all happened by the time this airs. Uh, Although we do have the Alpha 9 coming up on March 20th. You can still get tickets for that. We'll have video available on all that fun stuff soon. Um, IZW, DCW, uh, Primos Pro Wrestling, all that fun crap. And yeah, um, yeah. All right, sounds good. Scoop, do you have anything to say before we kick it over to Joe before we go? Uh, Suck My Boss podcast is Diamond Hands, baby. That's right. Um, and Mr. Adlers, we thank you so much for being here today on Check My Bows. Is there anything you'd like to plug or put over before you leave? Because you are a uh, British person. I am a British person. Hello. Um, no, there's nothing <laughs> that I want to uh, plug or put over. All I'll say is uh, wear a mask, get a vaccine, or don't, and just be tolerant of people that don't want to do that shit because they're not, they're, you know, 
they're not your fucking dad. Just live your own life, do what you want, but be tolerant of other people's beliefs. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the great uh, send off here. If you don't like us, fuck you. If you love us, we love you. Check, We out. Peace. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus album. The King Diamond Podcast with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Extradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. 